episode 333 of the Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Halloween Kills and how it compares to the 2018 version, and maybe as well as the other ones in the franchise. Who knows where the conversation will go, but the episode starts right now. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 333 of the Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. And thank you for joining me on this episode, day or night, whenever you're listening to this. We really appreciate you guys' support. And uh, before we begin this episode, if you could spread this around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Maybe there's a, a family member or someone in your life that doesn't really like movies, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, what a weird thing to admit. Well, maybe you could show them this podcast, and maybe we can turn them into lovers of film, because I, I love film, you guys love film. Uh, that's why I like talking about it. So let it let people know about it and see if uh, we can convince them uh, to come to the the good side of film, uh, like Twitter and stuff. We don't want to be a part of the bad side, but <laughs> if they're um, if they're willing to be a part of the good side, let them uh, be aware of this podcast. But we really appreciate you guys' support. But yes, this is episode three hundred thirty three. I will be going over Halloween Kills. Uh, it is October month uh, month October month. It is the month of October. It is spooky season, so I figured, why not? Let's keep this train rolling on horror films, and let's review Halloween Kills. And, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll talk about just my experience real quick of the 2018 version. I did record it on this show, you know, was it three years ago at this point? So just to give you guys a quick little kind of review of that one, um, maybe talk about some of the other ones in the Halloween franchise and just where I've stood with all of them. Um and then, yeah, we'll dive into Halloween Kills, and then uh, I'll tell you guys uh, what's going on next week. So, yeah, uh, first of all, how are you guys doing? You guys doing pretty well? Um, it is fall season, so the, the weather is nice and cool. It's nice and crisp. I love using that word. Just, the weather is crisp outside. Um, really just kind of uh, makes you shiver uh, because it is so cold in the morning. And you're like, where is my hot cup of coffee? So, yeah, I... Uh, uh, you know, I'm enjoying uh, this kind of fall weather, and it really just makes sense with all these horror films. And um, the wife and I, we watched uh, Final Destination two the other day, uh, which was always which is always a fun one. Uh, she had never seen it before, but I told her that people of my generation, when we watched it as teenagers, like we uh, were terrified of driving behind like uh, trucks with logs uh, logs on them because they're gonna snap off and kill us and cause a huge car wreck. And so. Um, she, she liked it for sure, and I showed her the first one a long time ago when we first started dating, but um, yeah, we watched Final Destination 2, and we watched You Season 3, watched all of it in two days. Um, I still like the show. <laughs> it's still it's still a lot of fun. I think Penn Badgley is super talented uh, after watching this show, because he has really kind of proven to me that he's more than just like a, like a teen heartthrob. Um, you know, now that he's older... He's willing to kind of dive into the darker roles a little bit, and I think um, this one's a great showcase for his acting talents. And Victoria Pedretti, um, she was in season two, and she's in season three as well. She is also really great. You know, I discovered her on Hill House, just like the majority of the people out there, and, you know, just watching her and the range that she has, it's just them acting uh, opposite of each other and, like, going back and forth in this, like, really intense kind of ping-pong match, you know, they uh they say a line. The other person says a line. You're you're just so convinced that they're an actual couple and like they have all these problems. Like they're really committed to those roles. But really fun season. 
Um, it's it's always super intense every single season with either the people that Joe captures or the people that he kills and he's got to cover up. It's just a really nice um, thriller, and it really keeps my attention for 10 episodes, which is a huge testament. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed the third season of You. And I think I think that's it. Um, I watched a couple comedies recently just to um, – you know, at, at night sometimes, if we watch like a like a horror film and like my wife goes to bed, sometimes I might stay up and like watch a a comedy or something. I watched Hall Pass um, with uh, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis, and I was in a Jason Sudeikis mood because Ted Lasso and everything. That movie's still awful. It's like I don't know how to defend the the Fairley Brothers, the Farley Brothers. Because they have directed one of my favorite comedies, if not my favorite comedy of all time, Dumb and Dumber. Every film after that that they made, like, I think I enjoyed somewhat. Like, there's something about Mary's, I think, also good. Um, but besides those two, I never really, I guess, clicked with the rest of them. Like, I'll, I'll watch one and be like, oh, that's an interesting comedy. Or, like, you know, I had some funny moments. Maybe I'll buy it. And then I buy it. And then I rewatch it. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Um... Yeah, I just don't know how to defend them. And I think Hall Pass was like their last comedy. Because obviously, uh, Peter Fairley, he did he did Green Book. And of course, they won Best Picture. So now he's on a different uh, path in his career. But um, yeah, I just... Hall Pass is just not good. I, I do not like it. Uh, they're like, there's like one funny line that I, like, I grinned at. But that's in an hour and 40 minute runtime movie. So... That's not good. But yeah, I saw Hall Pass. Um, Step Brothers, uh, rewatched that. Not as funny as I remember. There's some good stuff for sure. But a lot of the stuff is a, like all the jokes, um, I'd say like 60% of them are duds. Like it's actually kind of incredible. Like the older I've gotten, I go back and rewatch these because I'm like, oh yeah, I remember liking, liking them as a, as a kid when they came out and it's just. I wouldn't even call myself a kid. I was like 18 when Step Brothers came out. Uh, or 17. Was it 2007, 2008? Either way. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was also a hit and miss. And I was just like, man, there was some great stuff in there. But it just really missed the mark. And so, yeah, watch that one. And I think that's it in terms of just stuff we've been watching. I'm excited to see Dune um, tomorrow night uh, at the time of this recording. We're just going to watch it at home on HBO Max. I don't have time to go to the theater for it. But, um, yeah, really excited for Dune. Um, and spoiler alert, that might be next week's episode. Um, but, yeah, uh, excited for Dune for tomorrow night. And then next Monday, uh, I will be seeing Eternals uh, on the October 25th. The movie does come out on the 4th. Uh, well, the 5th, but, you know, I'm seeing it on the 4th on Thursday night as well. But I'm seeing it next Monday. And so since Dune is next week uh, with the episode... I will drop the Eternals episode the week after. Uh, so that will be Halloween weekend. Um, because I will be busy for like the next two weeks after that. So that's why I wanted to kind of do an episode for you guys like once a week this entire month. Um, just to kind of like, you know, give you guys something before I take a, a, a little bit of a break. Because I'm going on a trip with uh, some friends and my wife. But um, yeah, so Eternals will be the following week. So that that is your month of October right there. It's a pretty, pretty intense month. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that is uh, what's going on in my viewing schedule. Let's talk about Halloween. Um, so I, one of my favorite memories as a child 
is seeing my mom, who is a very sweet person. You know, she likes to go to church. She's very volunteer focused. Like she likes to help other people. So she's pretty much a saint, right? Not everyone's perfect, but like to me, my mom is a saint. This woman, lo- <laughs> she loves Halloween, the movie. And she likes Friday the 13th, the movie. Like, those movies are hard R's. Now, granted, for like the 70s and 80s, I get the the R standing is not as intense as it is now. But it just always shocked me when my mom would tell me that she liked watching those movies. So she actually recommended um, uh, Halloween to me. And, you know, I like watching this and, you know, Friday the 13th and... That's how I got started on these movies. And that's how I got started on the slasher genre and just horror films. And, you know, and then my my friend and I uh, and his brother in middle school, we would watch like kind of the older ones. We would, you know, and I mentioned this on the Candyman episode, but we would watch stuff like Candyman and Pumpkinhead and Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, all of these old, older films. And we'd watch them as teenagers. So we were just like ingrained into this genre. Like we just loved it. But Halloween was one of the first. And so it has a special place in my heart for sure, um, just on a sentimental level like that. But I like the first one. It, it's, a, it's a really great um, stalker film. It's really just ripe with suspense and terror and uh, dread, and the music is great. It's got one of the most iconic um, sound uh, scores of all time. Like it's uh, it's very influential. And of course, Michael Myers and just the mask and the fact that it's a uh, grayed out William Shatner mask is really funny, but like that's an iconic look is Michael Myers and that mask and his um, his mechanic suit. Like that's who he is. And so the movie has made a humongous impact into pop culture for sure. But um, yeah, I remember liking the first one. I even like the second one uh, where it's like a continuation of the same night. Lori's in the hospital and the way it ends. Um, I'd be cool if like the franchise ended right there. Honestly, it should have just ended after the first one, but the second one was not that bad. It's solid, and I like the way it ends, and it should have just been done. <laughs> um, but then the third one came out. I never saw Season, season of the Witch, but I, you know, I hear that's like a, like a horror anthology. It's completely different. I actually want to check it out, um, but yeah, I have not seen that one. I've seen 4, 5, and 6. You can kind of lump those in together. Um not good they're not good movies um if you want to maybe have a drink or two and play like a drinking game it's probably good for that but other than that it just has no space in my head for uh, any type of memory of it it's just it just came it went i realized they were terrible didn't want to watch them again then i remember watching h2o and i was like oh cool jamie lee curtis is back and then um yeah, I mean, the movie, like, it was fun. It's not really, I don't really like to watch it uh, so often, but, you know, it's fun. And I think really adding that uh, that fierceness that Jamie Lee Curtis brings, that's what makes these movies. And so her coming back for that, it worked. In the Halloween Resurrection, spoiler alert, um, she dies within the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> I think even before the credits end, um, Laurie Strode, so that's done. And then Resurrection takes on a... Uh, reality tv hidden camera in a house approach and it's just so dumb and uh who is it is it exhibit <laughs> that's in the movie oh god halloween resurrection is a trip guys 
And then Rob Zombie's Halloween comes out. I actually don't mind the first uh, Halloween from Rob Zombie. I think one of the major issues is cinematography and the fact that Rob likes to use that kind of shaky cam to the extreme. He thinks it adds intensity to the scene, but it's just really like vomit inducing. <laughs> like you, you just get sick from watching it. But um, I kind of enjoyed the first Rob Zombie Halloween. Uh, yeah, it was gratuitous and over the top in certain areas, and there's certain things that didn't need to be in there, but that's Rob Zombie. That's what he does. I thought he had an interesting take on it in Michael's story with the, the insane asylum and everything, so, like, I, I'm fine with that one. Uh, Halloween 2 is, or uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is regarded, as, and that's another thing. I hate, like, the fact that some of these are named the same. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 um, is... I didn't like it at first when it first came out, but I want to rewatch it because there's been this resurgence of people online that just absolutely love it. And you're like, did we watch the same movie? But maybe like older now, maybe I'll have a different perspective on it. So who knows? And plus that was, what was it 12 years ago at this point? So I uh, definitely need to rewatch it. And then the 2018 version um, comes along and I was kind of mixed on it. I really liked what John Carpenter did to the the opening um, uh, title to it. He adds a lot of body to it, a lot of bass. It was very uh, different from the 1978 version. Love that about it. Just everything else about it, like, just kind of like, eh, okay, cool. I like the, the, the third act uh, of the film, the, the climactic battle between Laurie Strode, her family, and Michael Myers. That was really fun to watch. Definitely had some Home Alone vibes, but... Other than that, I had no desire to watch it again, and uh, so that's where we're that's where we're kind of at. Is you know where w was Halloween Kills gonna go? You know, could could it be redeemed? And like you know, maybe I would like it more than the first one, or may like it less, or whatever. But I'm a completionist, so I'm gonna watch Halloween Ends either way of uh, however I feel about Halloween Kills, which you guys are gonna find out here in just a second. But yeah, it's just one of those things to where like I want to keep watching for hope, but you know, after the first one, it's like. I'm hoping they can turn it around. So let's answer that question for you guys. Um, so when we come back, I will be reviewing Halloween Kills three years later since the 2018 version. So what will I think about it? Well, you'll just have to come back in and find out. So I'll see you guys soon. And welcome back from the break. So let's talk about Halloween Kills. You know, it is a movie that I really did not want to see, but I'm curious to see where the franchise will go. So let's go ahead and break this down. Uh, Halloween Kills is the second uh, movie in the saga of this kind of like reincarnated uh, version of this story. You know, we had the first one in 2018. Uh, I was kind of mixed on it, uh, so I didn't know what to expect going into this. Um, but I was excited to see where Halloween Kills could go and if I would be excited for Halloween Ends. Uh, but it is the second film in the franchise, and it starts out with Michael getting out of the burning house. They, we see him left at, uh, at the, you know, the basement of the first one. He escapes, and he's on a revenge path. He kills everyone left and right, front and center. Uh, there's so much blood in this one, so many kills. And this one really kind of focuses on the people of Haddonfield as they kind of take a stand, you know, group up. And say enough is enough. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Which that part was too comical for me. But anyways, um, they group up and they try to take down Michael Myers once and for all. 
But is he dead? Really? Is is he? Is he? No, he's not. So, because um, we have Halloween ends coming, so you know that's not going to happen. But how far can they take it? And will they get close to killing him? That's the question. And this one also focuses on a lot, a lot of uh, uh, flashback scenes from the night in 1978. Uh, we see some really impressive uh, practical effect work and um, uh, production design that I was I was kind of floored by. That was one of my favorite parts about this one. But a lot of flashbacks pertain to the night of uh, the first film uh, in 1978 and just following Michael past um, you know the the endpoint in the first one and where he went after that. So. And the, the cops involved in stuff. As you can tell from me just kind of sighing through that description, I think I am tired of these movies. <laughs> um, as someone on Twitter said, and I will not take credit for this, but when I saw it, I was like, I totally agree with that. Someone was like, hot take. After the first Halloween, there should have never been a franchise and there should have never been any sequels. I kind of agree now. I think I'm just exhausted of this franchise and I'm going to see Halloween ends because I'm a completist and I need to um, see where this goes. I need to see what happens. But for me, Halloween Kills, I had the same reaction as I did to the first one. Some cool stuff for sure. Um, and some neat kills if that's why you watch these movies. But other than that, I have no desire to watch this ever again. It's just it, it's, it's that kind of numb feeling I got from the first one. It's like, well, I get it. He's evil. He never dies. Killing, killing, killing. And it's just like, I, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I feel the same way about this one as I did with the first one. Just kind of like so-so. But let me talk about some of the positives um, that I really enjoyed about it. Like I said, the flashback scenes. All done really, really well. I love the color grading on it. I love the way it's lit. It, it's very um, uh, haunting and just it, it really feels like a, a nightmare type of situation. And that makes sense because Michael Myers is walking around and no one um, knows where he's at. So, like, you know, that looming threat of terror that's always over these cop shoulders. Like, that was cool. I, I love the atmospheric um, nature of those flashback scenes. The production design was really nice, um, and then the practical effects of uh, a certain character, Dr. Loomis, that pops up. like It looked like a CGI um, version of, of Donald Pleasance. I was kind of floored by when I saw the behind the scenes and it was practical effects and makeup and um, on a specific actor's face. That was That blew my mind. That was amazing. Um, and they really nailed the look of like Michael and his original costume and mask, like all that. I really enjoyed that, and it added a lot more substance to these characters that we're following. So it's not just a continuation of the first one; it's the same night and Hanfield. We got a little bit of variety. We got to go back a little bit and see where the these officers were at in their headspace and like how they were going to take them down and like why this still haunts them to this day, like all that stuff. Great, love the flashback stuff. The other thing I really enjoyed was the main theme of Halloween Kills. Uh, you know, the original theme. And then the bass comes in. Uh, you know, did I tell you guys I'm like a human instrument? Uh, no, so, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed 2018's theme. You know, adding like a lot more body to it and a lot more kind of just a 
bass forward type of um, gong like approach, like boom. Uh, once again, human instrument. Hope you guys are enjoying these noises. But uh, yeah, 2018 added body to it. So I was like, I was curious on how Halloween Kills would be. Believe it or not, after what is this like 12 movies, 11 movies, Halloween Kills has my favorite main theme. It is amazing. So it's like it's the traditional one that you hear from 1978. It's got the body of 2018s, but then John Carpenter adds choir effects, and it's absolutely creepy. And it makes sense for uh, maybe like some of the themes in the movie with you know, this is not a man; he's an immortal being. You know, he could be something otherworldly, and like you know, having the choir effect and sounding like angels a little bit, you know. Um, that is absolutely creepy knowing like what it's attached to and like the face of the, the movie. And so I love the main theme. It is my favorite one of this franchise. And I've listened to it over and over and over again in my car. Um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, funny story. I went to go pick up some dinner for me and my wife and I had it playing. And when I went through the drive through I rolled down my window, it was playing a little bit. And I'm sure they thought I was like a sociopath or something or a psycho. They're just like, why is this guy blasting the Halloween theme song um, at the drive-thru? It's kind of weird. But I forgot to turn it down. So uh, I was just like, I was probably judged that night. You know, it is what it is. But um, absolutely love the theme. It adds such a different element to the um, the face of the franchise, which is Michael Myers. And adding that choir effect. Never would have thought to do that. Um, but it, it's haunting. It's creepy. It's unnerving. And it still gets you into like that um, that mode where you're like every time when you hear that that music you're like okay where is he at so it does add that element of terror as well of Michael Myers being a stalker and like going throughout the neighborhood so it works and so it's it's amazing I love it so much this is a gory film um, I am not one to be a prude on violence or, or blood or guts or anything but this is a gnarly movie and it gets kind of exhausting <laughs> Um, and so when you, you're watching it, you're just like, this isn't even like enjoyable anymore. And like, I know people go see these movies for the kills and the thrill and the haunt of that. I just, it did nothing for me. And I'm just like, okay. And even one of them was like super sad considering the circumstance. But, um, yeah, it's just like, they turned it up to an 11 with the, the gore and the violence in this one. So I'm wondering if they're going to take it even more to an extreme with, uh, the third one, um, So this one is a very, very, so this is a very, very gory film. I just want to give you guys a heads up on that. Um, if that's not really your bag, uh, this is definitely the goriest one in the franchise from what I can recall. It is absolutely insanity um, with some of the kills that happen. And especially like it takes like a long time for Michael to kill them. So like the pain and the suffering is even worse and blood's just everywhere. So I just want to give you guys a warning. Um, that this is uh, the blaze one of the franchise, but maybe that entices you to see it more. Um, the story of focusing, excuse me, on the Haddonfield residence definitely has some merit. Um, like I said, really kind of playing into people that have been scarred by the first night of Michael Myers and like focusing on like this demon that follows them throughout their entire life. And, you know, they can't really shake it. And like, you have to, kind of push through and like, you know, um, not let it take a hold of you. Like 
all that stuff, like, that's great. It's a different take on the story, and you're focusing more on them than Laurie Strode and her family. I like that. I just didn't like, I guess, the the gullible sensibilities of uh, the crowd and... I don't know, and I, I get like there's commentary there, like people are sheep, people will believe anything, but it was done in such a way where it felt more comical, like a darkly comedic approach to it, and I don't know if that works for the tone that they're setting for the rest of the film, and that's like the majority of your story. So, I, I'm just personally not a fan of like the mob scenes or just the mob mentality and stuff because it, it plays off more like comedy. And then when a certain tragedy happens to a character, it it takes a 180 really quick and then it goes back to the movie. And it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think tonal uh, shifting uh, might be a, a problem for this one. And they might have not intentionally done that as a comedic thing. Just for me, that's what it felt like. Um, so that is something that really uh, bothered me. Um and I think just really not caring about anyone's situations, um, you know, with the people that he's killing or like the, the Strodes. And like I said, some of the residents, I, I cared about their backstory a little bit, but I don't really care about any of the deaths. So like the, the I guess the suspense is just sucked out of, of the room and like I don't feel for anyone's terror it's just kind of like oh this is just another kill like michael's gotta do his thing moving on and he's got purpose for every single kill but it's just like i don't know once again kind of just exhausted by it um and maybe that's why i'm just kind of exhausted with this franchise but yeah i just whatever and then the end of the film i just so much stupidity i don't i like i get that this is going to be a little like you have to suspend your disbelief. Like this, this man is an immortal being. Like he's he's evil. He's a guy who dies. You know, like I, I get all that. I get all the whatever. But they were so close to doing it, and the fact that they didn't with like as many people and like weapons that they had, I would have like chopped this man's head off. Like I would have done something to the extreme to make sure that Michael never comes back. And they never do that. And it was just, it was frustrating. Uh, and then of course. Michael's still out there. Halloween ends. Here we go next year. And guess what? I'm a sucker. I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, I thought the end of the film was just once again, it, like leading up to that climax. And it was so underwhelming that once the credits start rolling, I was like, oh, I think I'm done with this. That's okay. People like it, but I'm done with it. So um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just one of those things to where I think some of the positive aspects about this film does not even uh, matter because just so much about it I just didn't care for. Um, yeah. So, I'll be seeing Halloween ends <laughs> like a sucker. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm curious to know how they're going to end it. Um, and I'll be curious to know if they take a different approach because they're supposed to jump ahead in time by like two or three years. That's cool. Like I'm, I'm already down for that. If you give me that premise, I, I will give you a third chance uh, for this franchise. And hopefully it does something that is completely unexpected, still has some essence of Halloween, but does something different to where it makes sense for the story. It wraps it up in a nice way. And it really just 
has a different approach to what we what we've already seen in the past because it's just I think repeating the same cycle over and over again. That's why I'm exhausted of the franchise. So I'm hoping Halloween Ends does something different. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Uh, let me know down below what you thought of Halloween Kills, uh, whether you loved it, hated it, or whatever. Like I said, I love the the main theme of it, and the music in this one was actually like awesome. And I think the the main theme is the best of the franchise. So got that one going for it. So and that will do it for my review of Halloween Kills. Uh, also, if you would like to check out another perspective on this film, maybe they loved it, maybe they hated it, or maybe they're just like me where they're just kind of neutral with it. Check out my friend Brad's podcast, Watchers uh, Watcher Pod. Uh, that's it on Twitter uh, and Facebook and all that stuff if you want to go follow them and uh, check out their episode on Halloween Kills whenever they drop it on their podcast uh, because that's why I'm really curious about this franchise because it seems like a lot of people either really love it or don't really care for it. And I'm wondering if there's more people out there that are just kind of in the middle with me. But um, yes, check out my friend Brad's uh, movie podcast and see if they have a different perspective on it. So watch your pod. So uh, that will do it for this episode uh, guys, uh, next week, um, and we'll be going over Dune. Should be a really fun episode to talk about. I think I've talked about every Denny Villeneuve movie on this podcast. Yeah, because I've talked about Prisoners. I've talked about Enemy. I've talked about Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. Um, yeah, those are the four. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see, like, you know, what he's going to bring to the table and, you know, um, you know, I, I hope it does really well so we can see a part two. And so that will be next week's episode for episode 334. And then episode 335 the following week because I will be busy uh, the, the week it's actually releasing since I'm seeing it early. You guys will get an early review uh, podcast episode uh, around it. That would be The Eternals. So uh, episode 334, Dune. And episode 335 will be Eternals. So thank you, everyone. For joining me on this episode of Real Me and Coleman Movie Podcast, I am Chase Lee. Um, <laughs> so thank you for joining me on this episode of Real Me and Coleman Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and please spread this around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to. All you guys' uh, support uh, just throughout all the years and just the weeks and the months and everything. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for listening. You guys are the best. And I will see you guys next week for another episode of this podcast. I'll see you guys later.